That Dharma Shema means restricted sense enjoyment. And so now, with 19, Uddhava begins to discuss the uh, faults of that. So we did uh, 19 uh, 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 already. For one, uh, one who accepts material sense objects as desirable, the vishaya, uh, sense objects, uh, certainly becomes attached to them. Uh, looking at them, contemplating the objects of the senses, therefore attachment. One way not to get attached is don't contemplate. <laughs> you contemplate, then you get attached. And then from attachment... Uh, there is kama, lust in, in the sense of the in desire to enjoy in, in, in general, not just sexual or kama, although that's the prototype uh, of enjoyment for most of people. And then from that is quarrel. That happens. So now uh, we continue uh, beginning with quarrel, with text 20. And I'll uh, read the text. We first say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So here, Kalayar Durvish Durvish Saha Krodas Tamas Tam Anuvartatein Tamasa grasyate pumsash chitana vyabini drutam. From quarrel, so that's where we left off for the last text, from, from the lust then comes quarrel, because people want the same thing, and only one can have it. They don't feel like sharing, uh, or whatever it may be, so it's quarrel. Uh, so from qual arises duravishaha krodha, intolerable anger. Uh, uh, and then uh, followed that being followed by tamaha, the darkness of ignorance. Uh, when you become angry, you become completely bewildered. And then it says that this ignorance quickly overtakes a person's, a uh, man's broad intelligence. You really become, you can't see things from a uh, detached, uh, yeah, because the word vyapini, broad, uh, means uh, comprehensive, spreading everywhere, so you can understand and see everything in the right way. Your intelligence is destroyed, and this may, uh, this may actually remind us, as it reminded me, of Bhagavad Gita 2, uh, chapter 2, 60, uh, 62 and 63, where uh, Krishna uh, says to Arjuna, after talking about the Shtiti Muni, the person of the sage of steady intelligence who restrains the senses, now he goes to the opposite, uh, 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 while contemplating the object of the senses, vishayam, the same word that's used here, the sense objects, uh, a person develops attachment for them, sangha, uh, it is there, and then from uh, sangat sanjayate kama, and then from that uh, attachment, uh, kama arises, lust develops, and then from that, krodha, so the same sequence. Although here, uh, they they mention uh, 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 quarrel uh, instead of crota, but of course, anger at whom? <laughs> uh, so the quarrel arises, and then from anger, uh, Krishna continues in the Bhagavad Gita. Complete delusion arises. Same idea here. You're you're you now you have a uh, uh, your. Uh, Ignorance, they, they say here. And then Krishna says, from uh, anger, complete, this is the Bhagavad Gita, complete delusion arises, and from delusion, bewilderment of memory. Uh, this bewilderment of memory takes place. Uh, means you can't remember what's right, what's wrong. 
uh, all, all your early sense of morality and decency that's been inculcated in you, if you're at least halfway decently brought up, goes away. You do things, and then later, you know, while the blood is dripping off the axe, I don't know what came over me. This is very unlikely to do something like this. <laughs> because you were just carried away. Uh, then he says, so there's, there's the bewilderment of memory. When memory is bewildered, intelligence is lost. And when intelligence is lost, this is this, this broad uh, 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 vision of being able to see things from a, uh, from a detached uh, way, uh, broad intelligence. The word here for intelligence is chetana, consciousness. Uh, but uh, here in the Bhagavad Gita is just buddhi, and then buddhi is nasha. Uh, it's destroyed, and one falls down again. As in the Prabhupada says, into the material pool. So this is the the, the same uh, kind of sequence, again repeated later, slightly different form for Uddhava. Uh, and then uh, here he continues uh, speaking to, to Uddhava. Tasya vira hita sadho jantu shunyaya kalpate tatosya swarta vibram show murchitasya mritasya cha. Pretty verse here. Uh, uh, o, o saintly Uddhava. Uh, a person bereft of real intelligence, here in the verses, taya, of that, when he's deprived of that, uh, uh, and then sadhu is addressed to, uh, to Uddhava, uh, sadhu, uh, then, uh, uh, then, so that person, deprived of real intelligence, here they use the word jantu, uh, uh, just meaning a living being. Shunyaya uh, kalpate. He becomes and lost everything. It's just now he's got nothing. Shunyaya, shunyavada, void. It's just vo- devoid of. You would say you could say devoid of everything. That way you can use the word void. Is devoid of everything. Uh, and then uh, tata. After that, consequently. Uh, uh, his vibramsha, his downfall uh, from swaartha, his own purpose of life, his purpose of life, uh, what what he's 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 for. According sometimes swaartha means your your duty according to varna ashram dharma, but that uh, it's like swadharma, so swaartha. Is, is your purpose. Uh, and then he falls down and murchitasya mutasya cha and he becomes dull like a corpse. Just becomes like a dead body. He, he says here, uh, let's see if I, uh, hold on a second. Yeah. Uh, when Shuddha, excuse me, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur comments to 19, he says from night, the, these, the, he uh, singles these out as four verses that, that describe the, the persons uh, who are absorbed in sense gratification. He says that men become attached because of thinking that certain objects are good. From that attachment, desire arises. From desire arises quarrel with persons who oppose one's desires. And then he says, following anger anger is illusion um, uh, by that memory. So he, he sees his word chetana, as, as memory. Memory of what to do and what not to do. 
is quickly destroyed. That's a, that's that's the memory of that. He said that. And then he remarks in 221, like a person who has fainted or is a, a dead person, he fails to achieve his goals. Uh, and and uh, um, see. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't uh, get a chance to. Let me see, look at the PBT. When, uh, okay, the the BBT point is where they they point out that the desire for Sangha, this material association, uh, sometimes we say satsangha, uh, spiritual association, referring to people actually, and then uh, asatsangha, the devotee is asatsangha tiaga. When, when Lord Chaitanya was asked, how, how would you recognize a devotee? The, the thing he says is, asat-sangha, tyaga. He's given up tyaga, the association of asat, people who are not spiritual or material. Literally, you could say unreal, <laughs> in a way, you know, illusion people. Uh, here, the BBT points out the desire for material association arises from one's propensity to deny that everything is God's energy. Once I think that this thing is for my sense gratification, I've uh, separated it from the Lord. Now it's mine. And if I want to be a little pious, okay, I'm going to thank him for, for this. Uh, so people are sitting over heaping place of beef and thanking God for, you know, <laughs> so on, but that's what happens. Uh, they go on falsely imagining material sense objects to be separate from the Supreme Lord. One desires to enjoy them. I am the enjoyer. I am the controller. Those words are in the Bhagavad Gita. Ishwaroham. I am the Lord uh, or controller, a humbogi, I am the enjoyer. And even if you think you're pious, it's actually atheism. And so then they say all this. Uh, oh yeah, and the BBT they also point out that when it's talking about being unconsciousness. Shunyaya kalpate, you're you're engaged in that which has no real existence and something false. You're lost to yourself. Uh, 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 and then, then they point out that, well, you're lost except if uh, somebody who's a devotee of Krishna comes and gives you the Hare Krishna mantra. There's your lifeline. You can you can get back and forth board even if you're pretty far pretty far gone so then this concludes this uh, lamentable tale uh, it says here with text um, uh, uh, text uh, 22 natmanam vedanaparam Viksha jivikaya jivan. Viksha jivikayan jivan. Vyartam bastrena. Bastreva ya shasan. Because of absorption in sense gratification, abhivesha is this idea of extreme uh, uh, extreme uh, attachment or uh, absorption uh, in, in something, uh, uh, then uh, one cannot, says, uh, recognize na atma, not himself, na aparam, nor others. 
doesn't he not, not not that you understand who you are, you really don't even understand who everybody else is either. You're just uh, totally lay something on people, think of them as this way or think of them that way, and it's all your imagination. And you do the same thing to yourself. I mean, is this ever the description of you know the morning papers or whatever? <laughs> What, what, what people are thinking. And then living uselessly in ignorance, uh, riksha jivakaya, uh, jivaka, riksha jivaka means, as they say, with the lifestyle of a tree. <laughs> about that, that much awareness. A tree has, Prabhupada once said about a tree, is they, uh, what they mostly spe- feel is a dim sensation of pain. A dull ache. I mean, they have senses. With, with, with their roots, they drink. Angripa, the trees are called that which drinks with their feet. And so they drink. And, of course, they grow toward light. Uh, so they have, some, they have some awareness. Some consciousness is there, but it's very dim and dull. And mostly, uh, they're confined they're non-moving beings and they suffer. Lightning hits them, you know, people chop them up, they can't protest. And so you're just like a tree even though you're breathing, shwasan, but like a bellows. It's just mechanical. So that's, that's that's the description now of of the life uh, and the fate of those people who uh, follow unrestricted sense enjoyment. This is this is this descent into into oblivion. Uh, really, that that's what happens. You become more and more covered by the mode of ignorance, and therefore, for those covered by the mode of ignorance, animal forms, non-human forms, and then plant forms. And, and, and so on. So now, and we saw this kind of uh, covers territory that was also uh, uh, covered in the in the Bhagavad uh, Gita. Uh, uh, so then, uh, now in uh, 23, 24, and 25, these next three texts. Now he talks about the provisions made by the Vedas for sense enjoyers. What do you do with those people to keep them from going down? Uh, uh, why, you know, the the, the path. Uh, so they mention here, palashutir, iyaminam, nashrayo rochanam param. Sreyo vivakshaya pruktam yata vaishadja rochanam. So the running translation here, uh, those statements of scriptures promising fruitive rewards. This is pala shruti. Shruti is a scriptural statement, but pala means fruit. In other words, you see this all over the place. Anyone, or we even have it on a spiritual level, uh, anyone who reads this pastime of Krishna at a certain time will get this or will get that. You hear the story of Krishna uh, worshiping the worshiping Govardhan Hill. You will not be bitten by the snakes. You know, so th- th- this very typical that if you do uh, uh, follow some injunctions or some prescribed thing or passed on this akadasi. There was an akadasi book that came out one time in ISKCON. Uh, that was uh, basically, a, it wasn't really, a, it's a, called a Karma Kanda Akadasi book. You know, people who are not devotees also follow Akadasi. And uh, if they're followers of the Vedas, everybody does Akadasi. So this book described if you do this Akadasi this time and you do these particular things and you'll get this and this and this and this and this. Sometimes they're spiritual, but sometimes they're quite, you know, quite... Uh, but money. So these are called palashruti, these statements of the results. So those statements of scripture 
promising fruitive rewards do not prescribe the ultimate good for men. This is the word Shreya. Uh, uh, and, and that word Shreya occurs twice in this verse, as also does the word next word Rochanam. Uh, so, so Shreya, uh, Prabhupada has made a distinction between uh, 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 temporary result, prayas, and shreyas, ultimate good. So shreya is often used to mean the ultimate or highest goal. Prayas may be some temporary benefit, but the shreyas is the ultimate or highest benefit. Now shreyas, rochanam, they are not shreyas, but rather rochanam param, merely inducements or enticements. The word roshana uh, is used twice. Uh, the first time, uh, word for word, it's uh, enticement, and second is inducement. With the word roshana, the kind of basic meaning is something that's bright or shining, uh, and then uh, it, it tends to mean giving pleasure or something, you know, good to look at, fun to look, nice to look at, pretty like Christmas tree ornaments, you know, Rochana. giving pleasure or satisfaction, pleasant, charming, lovely, and so on. So that that this means it's, it's like a, attract something to attract you, some some like little little bubble, you know, that attracts your eye, draws your eye here. Uh, uh, so they are they're, they're not Shreya, but rather Rochana, just to attract you, because. Shreya uh, vivakshaya proktam. They are spoken or, or stated with with, uh, with the eye with the idea of promoting the shreya. Shreya vivakshaya is promoting the shreya with the idea, this vivakshaya desiring to uh, to to uh, point to or to teach the shreya. With the, with the aim of uh, uh, of Shreya, just as Yata, uh, sometimes used to introduce an example, in the same way that Vaishadja uh, Rochanam, uh, as one gives an inducement, a Rochana, for taking medicine. Uh, uh, so they... Uh, these statements of scripture promising fruit of rewards do not describe the ultimate good for men, but are merely enticements for executing beneficial religious duties. So they fluff it up. They are enticements to do something uh, uh, just like, they say, like promises of candy spoken to induce a child to take beneficial medicine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, now, uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur comments on this. He says, uh, "How can you can ask the question? How can one deviate from one's interest uh, by hearing results like Swarga in the Vedas?" Uh, 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 and it says the results described in the scriptures for performing karma uh, are not beneficial for men and he quotes Narada Muni in the Bhagavatam uh, for uh, 25.4 O king what benefit do you want for yourself by doing these karmic activities it is not possible to destroy suffering and obtain happiness by performing of karma. This is what Narada says. Um, uh, and then he quotes uh, somebody who may uh, say, uh, so somebody says, so, you know, you read the Spadas about Swarga, how can that, you know, this lovely heavenly kingdom and so much enjoyment, how, how can that be bad for you? You know, that's the idea of saying. But they, and he says they aren't beneficial. And then he quotes Narda saying they're not. Uh, you will. You, you, can't, you can't destroy suffering and obtain happiness by this means. 
Uh, and then he, again, quotes the, the guy he's countering. One hears that the results of karma are eternal. Let us then enjoy with the apsaras, the, the heavenly courtesans. Prabhupada calls them society girls, but he means courtesans. That is to say, a very high-class prostitute, basically. Uh, and then uh, Vishwanath uh, says, Thakur says, this is only enticement, wanting to liberate material people by stating immediate results, enjoyment. People do develop a taste for doing karma. That is to say, regulated sense gratification. Regulated. If you think of people who are non-devotees as karmis, it was uh, at least in the early days, that was the, the devotees and the karmis. That's very, actually, for most people in, in, in the world today, karmi is a really elevated position. They're into unrestricted sense enjoyment. They don't follow the rules and regulations. So the taste for doing karma uh, is is good. Similarly, he says, a doctor uh, entices a person to take medicine. The father says, if you drink the neem juice, neem juice is medicinal, and it is really bitter. If you've ever had it, you know. We used to have times in Mayapur, we, we, we'd be gathered for the GBC meetings, we'd be sitting in, in the temple room around Prabhupada's, uh, Prabhupada's Vyasasana chanting Japa. Uh, GBC members are there for the meeting. And mosquitoes are coming in. Uh, and, and the mosquitoes, they, they, can, they can sting right through a dhoti. You know, you think you're all covered up, and then they go right, right through the, the cloth, you know. They're like so heavy. And, and, uh, and, and so Jayapataka Swami in those days would bring us these little balls of rolled up fresh neem leaves. And because the neem is so bitter, it makes your, your blood bitter and the mosquitoes won't bite you because that's one like local protection against mosquito bites. I mean, I think you have to eat a lot. But anyway, so we're taking this neem and go, ah, you know, it was like, <laughs> so, so, so heavy. Uh, so anyway, if you drink the neem juice, the example is here, I will give you a sweet. <laughs> the child drinks the juice. However, the goal is not to eat sweet. <laughs> That's the way he spells out this particular in, in, in inducement. Uh, and... Uh, now, there's a little... little uh, uh, oh yeah, let's see. I think he has a little more here. He says, uh, "Yeah." And he he wants when he says Shreya, he takes it as you know the ultimate benefit is liberation. I mean, Vishnu Chakravarti talks of it as 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 liberation. Uh, here they just say uh, the ultimate good without spelling it out in the in the. Translation here in the BBT. Uh, they say the ultimate benefit is fruitive sacrifice. Similarly, in fruitive sacrifice, it is the worship of Lord Vishnu that is beneficial, not the fruitive reward. Somewhere else, Vishwanath Chakravarti mentions this, that even if you do a, a yajna, uh, part of the ceremony is to worship Vishnu. So he says there's a little bit of bhakti in there, and from that you get the benefit. Uh, so, now... So now, uh, in, in uh, text, um, well, let's see. Oh, yeah, let me see. Oh, yeah, this, uh, we should also look at this part of the Bhagavad Gita. And also in Chapter 2, uh, text... Um, Yeah, 42 and 43. 
this is the famous one where, where they discussed the, uh, the, the, the people who follow the Vedas, their delusion. Uh, Krishna says this, uh, uh, men of small knowledge are very much attached to the flowery words of the Vedas which recommend various fruitive activities for elevation to heavenly planets, resultant good birth, power, and so forth. Being desirous of sense gratification and opulent life, they say there is nothing more than this. That's Krishna's criticism. He calls these people Veda, Vada, Rata. Actually, it means devoted to the words of the Vedas. So they accept the Vedas. Uh, but they're, this Pushpitam Vacham, they're flowery words. But you know, a flower is the precursor to the fruit. <laughs> so it's attractive, and then they think they'll get the, uh, get, get, get the fruits. And then they say, Now, Anyat Asti. There's nothing more than this. This is, this is what there is, just those promised fruits. Uh, uh, and then b- to do this, because they're attached to this karma phalam pradam, the, the, these, these karmic fruits, uh, they kriya vishesha, they do various ceremonies. Prabhupada says pompous ceremonies, uh, kriya vishesha, bahuram, various uh, of kinds of shesha like this. Uh, and Boga and Aishvarya Gatim Prati. And they go, to, uh, go for the Boga and Aishvarya. Uh, and then he says in the next verse, you know, if those people who are attached to Boga and Aishvarya and are bewildered uh, on these things, he says the resolute determination, this Vyavasa Admika Bodhi, for devotional service does not take place. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, so also uh, 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 this is explained. Now, now the next two texts, we just have five more minutes, but we'll, the next two texts, 24 and 25, explain why liberation is the goal of the Vedas even though this is not explained in the Karma Kanda section of the Vedas. And then after that, we'll get text 26 to 34, which then gives a deeper explanation of why sense gratifiers cannot understand the Vedas. The Vedas are sometimes secret. Guyam, Krishna uses these words all the time. The word Guyam means hidden. I'm going to tell you the secret. It's in the Vedas, but if, you're, if, you're, if, you, if you don't have the ability to perceive them, you won't see it. It's kept a little veiled. So that's why, and the a word for hidden or secret is esoteric. I'm sorry that that word has got bad connotations now in some circles, you know, esoteric philosophy, you know, for like, some kind of you know, nonsense, but but the word exoteric means open, and esoteric means closed, hidden, open, and hidden. So twenty-four. I'll just do this one. Uh, now he's explaining. Uh, yeah, twenty-four. He'll. Uh, uh, He says, Utpatyaiva, Upatyaiva, Upatyaiva hi karameshu, Praneshu swajaneshu cha, Asakta manaso martya, Atmano narta hetu shu. He says, simply by material birth, this, this word utpatya uh, means coming here, arising here, being born, simply by being born. So we are all born. If we're here, it means somewhere we were born. And then, simply by material birth, 
Human beings become attached with their minds to personal sense gratification. Uh, And then it goes on. Personal sense gratification, long duration of life, sense activities, bodily strength, sexual potency, and friends and family. Their minds are thus absorbed in that which defeats their actual self-interest. You're born, you're a little baby, you're helpless. You feel hungry. You cry. When the mother puts a nipple in your mouth, ah, you know, that's the first addiction. (laughs) You, You feel good and you're hungry, they feed you, and these people take care of you, these godlike people known as parents that satisfy, you become attached to them, you know. So simply by being born, in a sense, you know, it's good you're attached. Like, you know, your baby cries, you know, you get ignored, you'll die. You know, so you've got to be obnoxious right from the beginning, you know. And babies are cute. So they want to take care of it because you're cute. You're cuter than even kittens. Uh, so anyway... Uh, So this is what people get attached to, kama, in objects of, this is all in the plural, they're attached to objects of sense gratification. Uh, Pranashu, to prana, vital, vitality. And and then here in the parentheses they say, you know, long duration of life, that's one thing of prana, the ability of the senses to work well, that's also prana, physical strength, that's prana, a little later, sexual potency, athletic prowess, all these things that come from like having a health, from vitality, you could say that prana here means vitality. Of course, in the Vedic understanding of the vital, these are all airs, various forms of prana, vital air that work through through the body like that. So they spell it out here. It just says in the text, uh, pranashu, a vitality of different kinds. Swajana, uh, swajaneshu, to your own people, means relatives, family, extended family, your gang, your, your set, your group, you know. And this way, asakta uh, you become attached within the mind. I mean, the word asakta is deep attachment. Uh, it means addicted. Asakta. Manasaha. That, where is that attachment? It's in, it's in the mind. You form these, you know, these deep attachments. Uh, uh, and it says, here's those people who do it, the marja, mortals, really, human beings who are mortals, mortals. And then, all these things, their hetushu, their causes, their hetu, causes of atmana anartha, defeating their actual self. It's bad for you. It's actually bad for you. Uh, in one sense, in the beginning, it's good for you. It keeps you alive. But then in the end, if that's you think that this is it, it's bad for you. Uh, 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 and I guess we have to stop there now at this one. When we continue, that this will will uh, complete the thought. <laughs> this is half of the thought that's being presented here, and uh, and uh, so then uh, next Sunday morning we'll we'll finish this thought. And then this, this part leads into the discussion of the inability of sense enjoyers to understand the Vedas. Okay? So we'll, we'll stop there. Let me mark my place in the book there, 25. Let me see. Oh, yeah, by, by the way, 
um, uh, let me just uh, mention that that Vishwanath Chakravarti says in uh, commenting on this. He added this verse that we just read. Uh, he says, but in karma conduct, we never hear about liberation. So you can have this objection. This is called the purva purva the statement of your opponent. Uh, we never hear about liberation. Where is it explained that karma is meant for liberation? That subject we do not learn from the literal meaning of those scriptures. So he says, this concept, the concept is explained in two verses. So this is the first of them. By birth, men's minds are absorbed in enjoying sense objects, kamation. In their lifespan, senses, strength, and power, in their sons and family members, which end as causes of, su- of suffering, anartha etushu. Uh, that's that's uh, that's how that's how he he understand understands it there. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's just replying to this doubt. Uh, uh, and then, then we'll, we'll get to the rest of it. All right. So now now we will uh, I'll switch the phone uh, we'll switch the phone to Q and A, and I will uh, let me just get my. On speakerphone, so if you are in the, uh, make sure the volume is up. If you are in a, in, in a conference call, you can be heard by everybody here, and uh, who's also on Ustream, and the Ustream participants may text in a question or comment. Okay, anyone? We've all, with this part, we've all heard it before. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> yeah. To me, the really interesting thing is, you know, we're talking about the Vedas, but this, this, this uh, pious, act, regulated sense gratification you find in every well-developed religious system. And it's there everywhere that is practiced. And there are a whole bunch of people who say, yeah, that's all there is. But also, so this is the karma conduct section of the Vedas. But then it teaches something higher, freedom from sense gratification and some higher state of being that's achieved by not being involved in sense gratification, and this is the, the, the path of renunciation. One is the uh, path of enjoyment and the path of renunciation. Uh, and so you see that in religious traditions too. And then also you see uh, the path of, which in, in, a, in a sense is, is the, 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 synth- the higher synthesis of these two, where you don't renounce, and the, and, and the karma khanda, you, you try to enjoy the world in a regulated way. In the path of renunciation, jnana you renounce the world because it's all false and it all leads to, to evil and you retreat to a monastery and you say it's all bad and, and, and so on. And, you know, you just renunciation. Uh, in many traditions, you know, the saintly people go away and they live uh, very austere and a uh, little monk cell with nothing and bhajan kutirs and all this kind of thing. But then there's the path of bhakti, where the world is neither renounced nor enjoyed. Just in, but it is accepted in one sense, you accept it as Krishna's energy and engage it in Krishna's service. And that your senses themselves are not renounced, nor are they enjoyed. But they're also used in Krishna's service. So in, in, in a sense, both of those phrases are incomplete. But when you get bhakti, you, you get, you get the, the, the higher synthesis, the classical you know, thesis. Uh, first step, enjoy the world. Second step, renounce the world. Uh, but if you're against the world, you're also, in a sense, attached to it uh, because, because hatred is the opposite of, of, uh, of enjoyment, you know, and then the, the, the real fulfillment is that you engage your senses in the service of the master of the senses. 
Is there a difference between kind of pious sense gratification and early stages of trying to practice bhakti yoga? Because you know, a simple thing of you know offering, you're cooking something, and offering to Krishna before taking it yourself. Um, in one's mind, you know, it's it's a little. Everybody progresses in a different stage, but not necessarily does one automatically jump to, oh, I'm going shopping for Krishna, I'm cooking for Krishna. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, what do I want to eat and what, what yeah. do I want to cook? And then I'll offer it to Krishna and I'll take it. So what's, you know. Yeah, Prabhupada remarks about this. Um, uh, actually, I can find it. Um, uh, it, it, it it's about the, um, uh, that verse that Prahlad speaks, what have you learned in schools, Ravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smarnam? Let's see if I can find that. Uh, that, that. That bhakti actually means offering everything to Krishna. Uh, so if one cooks for Krishna, one can cook for Krishna with the idea, yeah, I'll have a nice feast, but first, kind of formally and officially, yeah, I'll give some to Krishna. But that's not actually the bhakti stage. Bhakti stage is everything is for Krishna. And then the understanding will be that, that I'll also be... Uh, so in the, in the beginning, it may be like a pious activity, but at least if it's in, co- in, in connection with Krishna, that, that, that uh, you'll come to that stage. I wonder if that... <laughs> we were studying a lot of the Vishnachakamaritakura's commentary on the different stages of the whole bhakti process, and... and the, what was the fifth stage? The fourth fifth stage? The bhakti itself was listed as a stage. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm that I'm not sure of. Yeah. 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 Here Prabhupada says, uh, let me see. Yeah, I'm going to read what Prabhupada This is the second paragraph to purport to uh, Bhagavatam 7. 5, uh, 22, and 24. Mm. Prophet says, After performing sacrifices, sometimes a person engaged in fruitive activity customarily offers the results to Vishnu. But here it is said, Bhagavati Adha, one must directly, this one Adha means directly, one must directly offer everything to Vishnu. This is called sannyasa not merely nyasa. A tridandi sannyasa carries three dandas signifying kaya, mano, vakya, body. Uh, signifying kano, uh, kayo, mano, excuse me, the, the punctuation here is a little messed up. Kaya, mano, vakya, body, mind, and words. All of these should be offered to Vishnu. And then one can begin devotional service. Fruitive workers first perform some pious activities and then formally or officially offer the results to Vishnu. The real devotee, however, first offers his surrender to Krishna with his body, mind, and words, and then uses his body, mind, and words for the service of Krishna as Krishna desires. So that's, that's what Prabhupada says. Now, a devotee on a neophyte stage will have some idea that I'm also going to enjoy this. Uh, but particularly if we're on that stage, we should really offer to Lord Chaitanya, <laughs> to Panchatattva, because they'll accept it, even though it's imperfect. You Radha Krishna, you've maybe got a little bit of a problem there. Uh, and therefore... Even when we offer prasadam at, at home, the, 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 the mantras we should state should be the mantras to Srila Prabhupada and to Lord Chaitanya. Namo Mahabharanaya, Krishna Premapadaya, Krishna Krishna Chaitanya, Nami Gaurat, Purishayadama. You offer like that way. You know. And uh, th- th- those, those mantras should be used. Uh, because, uh, yeah, they're, they're like that. So, so the, it's not that these people aren't devotees, because at least their desire is to perform pure devotional service. But the more that it can be done, because, because to me the idea, you take food, and you talk about prana, 
you know, that's where it is. Your whole vitality comes from food. And you take and our attachment to the material world is really, that's where it almost begins, eating and tasting and, and, and enjoying food. So you take this most basic, indispensable, if you don't eat, you're going to die. You know, and you can become a hunger artist. I mean, you, you become these people that fast and fast and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but but the, the people that, 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 that are, that's so artificial. Here, what we do is we take this basic biological activity of life and we just do, we go, I'm going to cook for Krishna. And this is in the mind. You're chanting Hare Krishna while you're cooking. You want to please Krishna. You give him something nice. And if you absorb that way, you don't even think later you'll get the remnants because actually... What, you, what really nourishes you ultimately is the Krishna bhakti. That Krishna accepts it. He, what he tastes is the love with which it's offered. He doesn't need the food to live. Come on. But, but that's, what, that's what he... Is. So it sets up a relationship. The idea is not a relationship between you and your food, a relationship between you and Krishna. And out of that, Krishna gives you prasadam. Otherwise, with every bite, you get deeper entangled in material existence. With every bite of real prasadam, Krishna's mercy, you get liberated. So it's very, very important as, as a primitive sadhana that anybody can do. You don't even have to cook. You can take an apple and cut it up and uh, if, if it's done this way. And then gradually you'll, you'll, you'll make an advancement. That's bhakti. So that takes the object of the senses, enjoyed by the karmis, rejected by the jnanis, and transformed uh, lifted up, Alfheben, they say in, in Hegelian philosophy, you know, uh, uh, to, to, to this whole new other level. So that's, that's, that's really, we should take this very seriously and not, you know, say a few words over it so I can eat, you know. <laughs> yeah. I have a quick question about the basic injunction. Something, when you were talking about that, made me think about the Chaitanya, when you explained about the cow sacrifices way back in different yugas, when you know, that was there, and now it's about the Maha Mantra, mm-hmm. that's the only offering that would be acceptable because we don't have people to interpret that. So, so does that change over time as far as what? Yeah, of course, of course. Because, because it's explained that, that when they would offer cow sacrifice, the brahmanas could actually bring it back to life again. I mean, they had they had powers of mantras that we simply we don't understand and give it new life and stuff like that. And Prabhupada compared it to uh, modern laboratory experiments using animals. They tested the powers of their mantras. Uh, mantra, we know, we don't, you know, mantras, I have a book here in my library of uh, understanding mantras. It's called by a bunch of scholars, not devotee scholars. And they said, he says, mantras per- particularly present a, a particular problem for the modern scholars. We do not believe in magic. Most of us do not pray. <laughs> you know, so the idea that you could, you know, mantras is like you say a word and something happens. Uh, but, but to actually have the potency to efficaciously chant Vedic mantras is now gone because the, the, even the Karmakanda Brahmins, they can't do it anymore. And therefore, it's outlawed. And therefore, sacrifice has to go on. But that's why Sankirtan Yajna is the sacrifice for this age. It's doable by all the unqualified people. Uh, but there has to be sacrifice. I told this once to some scholar who had spent his life studying Vedic sacrifice. He says, that's good to hear. Because <laughs> he really believed, you know, he was so impressed by studying these Karmakanda, uh, karmakanda uh, 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 people. And, he, he, you know, what they did to, to, to perform, try to perform a Vedic sacrifice. And when they did it, the, every people were protesting in India because so many animals were being killed. The Buddhists were protesting. The Hindus were protesting, you know. They did it anyway. And, and, and you know, the, the amount of knowledge you have to have of mantras which have to be done, I mean, it's really a very exacting. It's like performing a, 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 a modern dangerous experiment in nuclear physics. You know, you have precision. 
you, you know how those, those scientists are so technically adept where, where, you know, just the tiniest measurement can make it succeed or fail, you know, the tiniest mistake uh, with these cyclotrons and all this other kind of stuff, you know, you really, really, you have to be super good technical people. Vedic sacrifices like that. You have to be super good technical people. And he said, you know, he saw one of these Vedic sacrifices that they did, and he said, but, you know, he said, uh, he asked one, one of the Brahmins, he says, what's happening? He says, well, his sons are not, uh, he, he, he said, he said, yeah, well, you know, my one son, meaning he wasn't very bright, he couldn't, he couldn't learn it, but, it, but his, his, his really bright sons were not interested, and they're all going and getting IT educations in, in computer technology. That's what's happened to them. They have the brain power to do it, but they, they're not interested. So it's finished. So that's what I told him. Yeah, well, you know, we understand that sacrifice is necessary to sustain the universe, but but uh, the Sankirtan is called a yajna. And he said, that's good to hear. That's still going on. <laughs> okay. Mahavidhi asked, um, Hare Krishna, please call my home vacancies. Like you said, no one who is born can escape sense gratification. So in that sense, we are in, incapacitated to understand the spiritual knowledge. But at some point, we seem to understand a little bit of, of this knowledge that can guide us even though one is still a sense enjoyer. What is that required decrease in level of sense gratification that enables one to understand spiritual knowledge? Yeah, that's a good question, and there are different ways of doing it, but gradually, any child has to learn regulated sense gratification, right? Otherwise, they can't function in the world. They have to learn you eat at certain times, you pass stool at certain times. I mean, it's sense gratification, avoid your vowel, vowel, vowels, your vowels, your vowels. <laughs> And you teach that. It's sense gratification to talk. You avoid your vowels too, but, but you know, you learn to talk at certain times. You know, so, so, so being acculturated and growing up means learning some regulated sense gratification. You can't even be a functioning human being without something. Uh, so so the, the point is really uh, in that process of, of, of education, ideally, Children would start to be, learn bhakti from the very beginning. You can teach children bhakti, uh, uh, and they can perform it automatically, and they do it. I mean, you really—it takes. It's just that you know they're coming from the temple and jump up and down and chant Hare Krishna in the altar and everything. It's done. Well, it's not quite done yet, but they can start. They 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 can they can start doing that uh, because. You know, they're, 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 in one sense, there's this dialectic progression, which is very long. But what Lord Chaitanya allows us to do is, as they say in Hollywood, cut to the chase, you know, get right to the point and, 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 and skip all the other stuff. If you, if you have doubts about it, then you can, you know, read the Bhagavad Gita and the Bhagavatam and understand exactly why, it, 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 even though it's, it's democratized, uh, something that's only for very exclusive group. Uh, I mean, liberation was a prerogative not only of brahmanas, but only male brahmanas, and only certain of those. You know, it was, it was very, very rarefied. And so it's been made available in, in Kali Yuga for uh, a, a broad number of, of people uh, by Mahaprabhu. This is, a, this is our understanding. But, that, but anyway, that, that, that's the, the part of, everyone has to become civilized or acculturated, every child, otherwise a child is like an animal in the beginning. You know, but they, they can understand more than animals, you can start to explain things, you can get regulated sense gratification. What regulation animals have is automatic. There's a mating season, there's a, you know, all that stuff, it's just, they're, they're just automatically regulated. Human beings, they've got more freedom. But that, that's what culture is. 
uh, and there's such a thing as spiritual culture. Um, we hope. <laughs> it's your idea. Well, I already had two follow-ups. Oh, one follow-up and one. Yeah, two questions here. One is, does making everybody vegetarian, is that enough for them to understand Christian consciousness? And the second part is, so the spiritual culture is about regulated sense gratification to understand spiritual knowledge. Is that correct? Yeah, the second is correct. The first is, uh, Prabhupada was asked about vegetarian, and he said the monkeys are vegetarian. So it, 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 is, it is helpful. It may even be a necessary condition, but not a sufficient condition. There's a nice distinction you know, between something that's necessary, but something but insufficient. Uh, so so both, both necessary and sufficient. Uh, so, so being a vegetarian is usually... Uh, both necessary and sometimes, you know, an, an emergency condition. There's allowance for not being a vegetarian, uh, but one one regrets it. But in emergencies, there, there are different rules like that. Thank you. Um, Kendra also has a question: Are the polished shrutis offered in our literature anything like those in the rest of the Vedas? Or are they genuinely beneficial? In other words, are they enticements? No, they're genuinely beneficial. Uh, they are. If any, well, we should desire something. It's not that we are desireless. Uh, we should desire that I may become a devotee of Krishna, and my love for Krishna may increase. And anyone who has some love for Krishna uh, feels it is not enough. It's not adequate. To the loved, uh, to, to the beloved, that I cannot, I cannot love Krishna enough. So you always want to see it increasing. Mahaprabhu, you maybe remember in Chaitanya Charitamrita, is one pointing. He's lamenting. He's feeling separation from Krishna, and he said, "The fact that I'm able to take another breath proves I don't love Krishna." So nobody thinks, and nobody does love Krishna enough. So uh, it should always be increasing uh, 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 love for Krishna. That's a desire. And how do I increase my... Do, do I serve him. I serve Krishna. Is there any upper limit to that service? Apparently not. Uh, the desire to serve Krishna more is there. Krishna will empower us or give us whatever facility we need to do it. Uh, so th- we, uh, so we, we are not meant to become desireless. We are meant to, to have our desire that we that that's now directed toward material things return to its original position. When our 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 our, 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 our because Prabhupada describes that every living entity is a devotee, that is every living being loves Krishna. But when the living entity comes into contact with the material nature, that that prema becomes transformed, like like like. Uh, putting lemon juice in, in milk, it curdles. And so that prema is now uh, manifest as kama, lust, or the desire to enjoy the senses. If we experience how strong that is, then we can imagine how much actually we love Krishna. Uh, and so that, 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 that is good. Is, 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 and that's our natural state. Right now, in the beginning, of they seeing that, that, that kama is, is natural and, and prema is some kind of washed-out substitute. But it's actually quite, quite different because you see that it's described, it's seen in Lord Chaitanya and other great devotees and described in, in the literature of the Six Coast Swamis, what happens when there's actual prema. I mean, you can even die of it. I mean, you leave your body, practically. I mean, you're... Like Lord Chaitanya, you know, he, they thought he was dead. Uh, he, 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 his joints of his body disarticulated, you know, his body was like seven feet long or something, and it was all loose and floppy because all the joints of his body had separated, all due to his feelings. And, of course, the other symptoms, tears can come out of the eye like, like syringes, sprinkled everybody around him in Rathiatra. That's the intensity of his feeling. 
So that's actually you, you, whatever the feelings you get from in the material world not, doesn't even come close to that. And it's not the feeling that I'm enjoying now. It's the feeling that uh, appreciation for Krishna. Okay. All right, so then we will uh, stop now and, and, uh, and resume again uh, with, uh, what did I say the text was? Yeah, text number uh, 25. Till then, thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.